0: Chanted who together, so maybe we can chant this week. Hai, hai, who, which means the living one. Hai, yahai is one of the names of God. It means the living, and who again is like the essence.
1: So those who know that Hebrew and Arabic are cousin languages, and know a little Hebrew, they'll know what words she just said. Chai, Hechai, the living one. Who is he? It's the same meaning in Hebrew. Or in Arabic.
0: Yeah. So if we all chant, hi, hi, hi,
2: hi. hi. hi, hi.
0: lines from a poem that was a few lines from a poem by Medlana Rumi, the uh, Persian Sufi poet. Um, he, it's the opening of his long work, uh, The Masnavi, and um, in it he says, listen to the ne, which is the reed flute um, that's cut from the reed bed, and listen to it's wailing and it's longing to return to the that it was cut from, just as all of us are learning, are yearning to return home to where we came from. Um, and that was in Farsi. Thank you. Thank you. Could you say the name of the poem
1: again? The name of the poem again?
0: Sure. <laughs> uh, the poet is Rumi, and the name of that work is the Masnavi. It's M-A-S. N-A-V-I. And it's a long work. Uh, The first 18 lines of of the Masnavi are the most important. Uh, People say that that's kind of like, that the Masnavi is sort of like the the Quran for Sufis. (laughs) So yeah. So if you want to read the Quran for Sufis, you can read the (laughs) Masnavi. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So let's take a moment, each of us, before we launch into our learning. Become aware of your yearning for oneness, for connection to the source. Something each of us shares, but each in our own way, a yearning. We're brought together here today because of our yearning to be connected, to understand. It's a beautiful thing, everybody. Beautiful human characteristic. Beautiful. Before we get into our subject matter for today, I again want to frame our time here together. We very deliberately titled this course. We thought about the title. And we called it In the Tent of Abraham, the mystical heart of Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. That limits our inquiry, partly because you can't cover everything. And uh, partly because um, this this is not set up as a course in history, though we will touch on history. And it's not set up as a course. (laughs) Oh, silence your phones if you can. Yes. Because I start to salivate, and then I forget what I was saying.
3: She was just saying goodbye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who was? My daughter. Oh, well she can. I don't know, leave it on for her. Um, All right. so there are things we're not going to be able to cover in this class. And maybe we'll cover them in the future by bringing in experts who can really teach us things that I don't know. so this course isn't going to be able to answer all of our questions about history, about conflicts, about... and We are going to be addressing what makes at least some of us Jews, some of us Christians, and some of us Muslims and Sufis, what in our tradition um, draws us? What, what moves us? What are the teachings that sustain us? What are the elevating and uh, challenging parts of our traditions that make us want to pursue these as spiritual paths? And let's compare and contrast. So, we're not going to be able to address um, uh, militant Islam, nor are we going to be able to do a lecture on the origins of fundamentalism in the modern world. We're not, we're, well, it's an important topic. Uh, but that's not. But that's not what this class is. That's why we titled it the mystical heart of Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. I need you to keep that in mind. That unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> um, we're, we're we're not going to be digging into some of the most scary, present, and important topics. We're going to be building a foundation of shared spiritual vocabulary. Human beings seem to have and um, a, a human societies and human cultures an urge towards the transcendent a sense of the ineffable that we want to reach for and each culture develops vocabulary stories ways techniques um, um theologies uh to help describe that and guide us towards that fulfillment of that yearning does that make sense everybody Um, There are many other qualities of religion that we might want to jettison, right? Uh, But that's not the point of this class. The point of this class, just as Sufism is to um, Islam, we could say that Jewish mysticism and spirituality is to Judaism. What's the mystical heart of these traditions? And when Reverend Matthew's here, uh, he'll be able to speak to that. Uh, Susan Alkencloss is an Episcopalian priest who is also here today. And so she's our, uh, she's our uh, pinch hitter if, we, uh, if you ha- and you can always say, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because that's what we're going to be saying a lot of, I imagine, in this class. So that requires, in a time of inflamed passions right now, we actually need to, uh, each of us, observe ourselves um, there are questions that we're not going to be addressing in this class that I personally am not equipped to address, unless I did a lot more reading. And so um, I just wanted to share that, and that's why we titled the class the way it did. I share with you the concerns, the intense passions, the, about the place of religion in the world today and the place of, uh, ide- uh, the place of ideologues, in the world today but that's not the purpose of this class the purpose of this class is to give us a foundation where if we met another committed christian jew or muslim we might have a sense of why they're committed to their tradition beyond our stereotype of uh whatever we might think of that you see so we're hoping to build mutual understanding uh, in this class and i needed to share that with you after listening and looking at all the really valid questions that were asked. Some of them aren't gonna make it into our syllabus here. (coughs) So that's what I needed you to understand. And so I want us all to approach this as best we can with beginner's mind. Curiosity. um, Openness. And uh, what does that mean? And because in this room, we fortunately have a consensus that we're interested in understanding each other. And with that as our foundation, we can cover a lot of ground. Okay, everybody? So uh, hopefully that's helpful to us in framing our discourse. And now we get to learn about Islam and Sufism and start learning. So here we go.
2: Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. I was a hidden treasure and I longed to be known. So I created the world. This is a saying, it's a, it's a saying of the prophet, peace be upon him, that is taking the words of Allah, the words of God, and um, giving voice to them. I was a hidden treasure and I longed to be known. So I created the world. Just as we long for oneness in the Islamic tradition, Allah longs for us. Longs to be known, long, longs to be recognized, longs to be, um, uh, longs to have the incredible creation that he, is, he or she has set before us, um, uh, reverenced, appreciated, understood. And so um, this uh, longing of God for his, crea- his or her creation, this longing of the created for God is um, the fundamental core of Islamic theology. Uh, another story um, that's very important in this context, the relationship specifically of human beings to the Divine, to Spirit. Back in the pre-eternity, before any of the actual manifestation, before anything was created, there were the seeds of all of it. The seeds of the mountains, the seeds of the trees, the seeds of the ocean, the seeds of the animals, the human beings, they were all there and in the loins of Adam, they say, were the seeds of every... And the, and the eggs of Eve were the seeds of every single human being that ever is has existed or will exist uh, uh, on and on into infinity. And um, Allah came to all of the different aspects, all of the different elements of creation and said, "Who?" Among you will recognize me. Who among you will carry this trust of awareness, this trust of knowledge of divine? Who will be conscious? Um, In Arabic, the word is taqwa. Who will carry this um, awareness of spirit and all of the other? created things, said, uh, not us, please, this is too much of a burden, we, we can't carry this responsibly, this is too great, and uh, this incredibly um, innocent and joyful, um, the spirits of the human being said, Bala shahidna. yes, we witness it, we will be the ones that will carry this, and um, I love what the Quran says about this. He says, mankind was always foolish and <laughs> foolhardy. <laughs> so as human beings, we carry, um, in, according to Islam, we carry this responsibility to be aware of the divine as we go about our daily lives. And that is really the foundational understanding of Islam. The creator longs for us, we long for the creator, and um, we are separate so that we can um, both become aware of the divine and also so that we can reunite. And that is really the Sufi path. Um, have any, anything you want to add to this?
0: Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so. Um, there are when people talk about. Oh, I
1: should mention that uh, Rabia has to leave early today. Correct. So. Okay,
2: so, we'll, I'll 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 run through some, some very basic what is called the pillars of Islam pillars and then of turn Islam. it over to my beautiful colleague. Um, so, the five foo- there are there is something known as the five pillars of Islam. These are sort of the foundational beliefs, practices, um, uh, that I think we've made reference to all of them in passing um, in this in, in the class so far. The first is a witness, or sh- Shahida, uh, uh, Shahada. Shah- 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 May I int- interrupt sure. for a second?
0: Yeah, uh, use I the actually, microphone, uh,
1: Rabbi, mm-hmm. if you don't mind.
0: Um, I actually, uh, those points are in here. If you oh want, good, so we passed them I out can- now? Yeah, I think I put that in here. I think you did. Yeah, yeah. So oh, good. Then at least people can look at the words and yeah. know what they're saying. Here, you, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do this.
1: I'm pass it along. Sorry.
2: So and that is that we recognize that, um, and people understand this very differently. But that that la ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah, there is nothing but the One. There is no God but, but God. There is, um, however, you, um, uh, it lives in you. Um, I, I like the translation there's only one of us. <laughs> um, there, that basic statement of unity is what um, constitutes the core. Um, message of Islam. It's sort of like the Shema in in Judaism. Very similar as a statement of the essence, the seed of Islam.
1: I think it'll be appropriate uh, for me to throw in Jewish references here. I'll just talk really loud because I seem to be good at that. So our job in Jewish understanding is to be witnesses to the unity of God, and we do that through the Shema, and the Shema, the way our our tradition encodes that is that written in the Torah scroll of the hero Israel, the Shema means listen, and the letter ayin in the Shema is enlarged in the Torah scroll, and in the word God is one, echad, you'll look in a Torah scroll and you'll see that the dalet is much larger than the other letters, because those two letters spell ed, which means not you, Ed. Those two letters call Ed, which means witness. And it's our task to bear witness through our behavior and our consciousness to the unity of God's creation. One letter is, is listen and what's the other letter? Oh, the letters are ayan and dalit. Ayan and Dalit. Ayan is the last letter of the word Shema, and Dalit is the last word of the letter of the word echad. And so I'll show you that later. It's in our prayer book, I, and, and we can take a look at that. Um,
4: is there, is there should, uh, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but you, you started with one, the first axiom is that we long for God, and God longs for us. Um, is there, can I ask a question about that? Because, sure. Because um, so I'm, 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 I can understand us longing to God. We are part of the one but I can't understand the one, which is all-encompassing longing for the parts, because uh. it's already included in the one. So, mm. I mean, I can understand, uh, you know, in Judaism we have we receive light and there's a giving of light. Mm-hmm. So God is seen as a light that we want to receive, but then, but the part of God longing for me, that's another, that's mm. a part that I can't. Mm. understand
1: philosophically. Oh, beautiful!
2: That is a beautiful question, and I certainly cannot answer it. It's a great mystery, um, and uh, I all I can say is that this longing um, uh, it is I th- I think the longing of the one for the for the parts, the longing for. For reunion, uh, there's a saying, a bad Arabic saying. It's not very good Arabic, um, but Ishla Mabud Allah, God is love, lover, and beloved. At a certain point, I think the di- the differences, the distinctions dissolve, and um, you're left with the experience. And I will say too that um, certainly. Sufism in particular, but Islam in general is really about experience, Um, as I think we would all say about our our traditions.
1: This is so compatible. In this regard, Islam and Judaism are saying the same story, which is, in my vocabulary, as I understand it, this longing is that there are many, many stories that are told about how God creates the universe and why. And in some, God is a perfect being who emanates sort of selflessly out into the universe. In others, God is consciousness that longs to be known. That awareness without someone else being aware of you is not fulfillment. And so that the universe is actually God looking to create relationships. If that makes any sense, Michael. Um, And... uh, uh, that there's a longing inherent in creation to know and be known. And we human beings are the infinite consciousness's attempt to create an emanation, an expression of that infinite consciousness that can turn around and long and for and love and know and be known. So in effect, love is the fuel here, and love requires an other. So, um, uh, uh, so it's not the god of the philosophers. It's not the unmoved mover. It's, it's actually a source that wants to be moved and longs to be moved, and we want to move in response. And so it's about lover and beloved.
0: Um, and If I could just add one point to that. So um, one of the practices of, of Sufism and also Islam is zikr, which we just did together. The hi-hi-hu is a form of zikr. It means remembrance. Zikr. What's the Hebrew word? Zakhor. Zakhor. Zikr. Zakhor. <laughs> um, and uh, it says basically in in um, some of the oral traditions that not only human beings have zikr, but every animal and plant and mineral has its own zikr. So the stones are reciting zikr, the, the dogs are reciting zikr, the Vegetables are <laughs> citing zikr, but <coughs> everything has a zikr. You know, everything is given um, a way to connect to Allah and to remember Allah. So that's kind of like that relationship on a very minute level. That One of my, my favorite, favorite passages passage of the Quran to
2: fold into, into what Rabia is saying sufferings. is... Um, uh, every everything everywhere is always praising Allah even the birds as they spread their wings so you have this picture as human beings we have the added um, uh, task of doing it in a very conscious way but the whole of creation in according to Islam is this incredible um, circle of praise around around the around the one, around the center. Um, so that c- c- covers um, the Shahada. Um, the second pillar of Islam is the prayer, Salat. Oh, oh. Out again. The,
1: uh, let me try the second, a new battery. No. The second,
2: I'll try to talk loud, loudly. <laughs> the second is um, Salat, which is prayer. The tradition is that you pray Five times a day, you've probably all seen the um, people, you know, bowing um, That's and going help. praying, bowing, pray, um, praying, and it's a particular form um, salat as that uh, the formal prayer, um, the salat prayer is is um, done in a fairly it has it has um, customs. Um, you do so many cycles of prayer in the early dawn period, you do so many at noon, you do so many in the afternoon, you do so many in... I guess it's the mic. So, you do so many in the um, evening and then the night prayer. There are five times a day when every everything stops in, in Islamic countries if you've ever <coughs> been in one, and people people all pray together. Um, there's a, But also... Another aspect of the prayer, the interior aspect of the prayer, is really what Rabia was talking about, is zikr, is remembrance. And that's <coughs> the point of the prayer, is taking time to remember God. Uh, uh,
1: so I have a, a comment and a question. Mm-hmm. The Arabic word salat or salat Salat. Is related to the Hebrew-Aramaic word of tsalat hon, if you know from the Kaddish. It's an Aramaic word for prayer. So again, Aramaic, which is part of the Hebrew heritage, is sort of an ancestor language of both uh, of Arabic. And so I hear those words, and I hear the Hebrew reference, and that's going to become more and more important as we discuss just how aligned these spiritual traditions can be. Uh, can you talk about how the five times a day originated or where how it became normative do you know anything about that
2: um well it is it is part of the quranic um message there there are passages in the quran they some of them talk about praying at specific times of the day one of them talks about more or less five times a day so there is a passage that that specifically lays out the um prayer times there is also a lot of well, to backtrack, and this gets a little bit into the history. That's okay. There are, um, there are, really, uh, uh, there the text of the Quran, which I brought with me, uh, my working copy. Uh, it's not, it's it does not have the Arabic, so I felt free to scribble in it and make notes in it. Um, that. The text of the Quran is the foundational text of Islam. It, and I uh, in a little bit. I'll, uh, I'll, perhaps next week or in next a little week. bit. We'll we'll talk about how, how the Quran came into being. But there are, that's one place where Islam gets its customs, its uh, rules, its um, its uh, impulse, its impulse um, and its um, juice. Another place is something called the Hadith, which are the stories of the Prophet, uh, that are told of the Prophet. And um, uh, many of the customs that um, have developed in the course of Islam come from these stories about the Prophet. And they have a chain, I think you have something similar in Judaism they have there's a it's a saying that has a chain going back and back and back to the companions of the prophet to the family members of the prophet to the people who were with him at the time and um, so are they
1: traditions that are not in the Quran but are given like a very high status
2: yes and depending the the issue with the hadith is there are Thousands, perhaps millions of them, and there some are seen as more authentic than others. Um, they grew out of the years after the prop, the prophets, and so different groups of um, uh, Islam uh, or Muslims recognize different ones of them. It's a long and complex subject, but that's basically so. The a lot of the formal. Um, the formal aspects of the prayer, like before you do the prayer, you do specific kinds of ablutions. There are different ways of doing the prayer, um, depending on whether you're, uh, which sect of Islam you belong to or which um, legal system of Islam you follow. But they're all pretty much the, the they're pretty much laid out in the Hadith and not in the Quran. But the Quran does mention the times of day when you would pray.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. Uh, y- yes, mm-hmm. and Martha had a question too. Uh, uh,
5: is this, um, are they written down, or is this part of an, um, a complex oral tradition? Originally,
2: it was an oral tradition, but it was, a, a, you know, it was written down relatively early. I mean, Islam, um, Muhammad was born in five seventy and died in six thirty two. So, within a hundred years of the. Um, an, I'm i by no means a, a hadith Close scholar, enough. but with, with a, within a hundred years, they, there were written um, collections of these hadith. His followers would collect them. You know, actually, they were they were writing them down as they you know a, as as they were um, going, but um, people were collecting them as soon soon after the death of the Prophet peace be upon him.
1: And and uh, oh yes, yeah.
3: what's your name? Oh, I'm Kathy
2: Dowd.
1: Kathy, thank you. Um,
3: in these prayers five times a day, I attended a workshop down at mm-hmm. Iona a few months ago mm-hmm. with sister, I can't remember, mm-hmm. sister Kathleen. And um, the historian who was talking about the prayers, uh, part of it is to request or be in the compassion of God and mm-hmm. to give it to others. that that would be the opening of the heart of the practitioner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the essence of the prayers are what I'm interested mm-hmm, in. What mm-hmm. are those prayers? We um, will,
1: we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. We're definitely going to get to that, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, we okay. will. And, and the other thing is that um, it's good to remember that the five-time prayer is the Fard, the, the required required amount of prayers. Mm-hmm. It's called Fard. And um, But the Sufis do. Many more. Uh, it's very typical for a Sufi to get up after the Isha, the last prayer of the evening, to get up in the middle of the night and do Tahajjud prayers. Anytime there's many prayers you can do before the dawn, which is the you know the uh, Fajr is the dawn prayer, which is done like really early in the morning, before an hour before the sun comes up. So this is just the beginning. It's like just the yeah. yeah. Great.
1: I want to I want to share something about that. Um, so five times a day is the fundamental sort of structure uh, in Islam, a tradition, now these spiritual traditions that we're discussing, um, and I, should, I wanted to say that that's, this may be a particular, well, never mind, I'll say that another time. The, the, um, uh, uh, the purpose for a spiritual seeker would be to stop and remember God. right? Remember the big picture. That would be That's called a spiritual practice. And so, um, in uh, how many uh, in a in a in a in the old system that the Episcopalians follow, how many prayer times are there a day?
5: Well, initially there were eight. Eight, and and that comes out of one of the Psalms. That number. Oh. And it's whittled down, and I think the monastic people still do it.
1: Right, if you're in a monastery, your life is structured in order to facilitate that.
5: Mm -hmm. But when the monks were originally doing it, they too would be getting up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank
1: you. And then of course in the Jewish tradition it's three. The morning, the afternoon, and the evening. Uh, And so uh, each tradition develops regimented spiritual structures... So that we stop, and that's the point. So um, that's what I wanted to share. Leslie, Karen, you wanted to say something? Yeah,
2: is the practice different for men and women in terms of prayer? No. Could you
1: hear the question? Is it different for men and women? The,
2: uh, no, the only thing that, it the only difference is that menstruating women are not required to do the prayer. Not
5: required?
2: Well, that's a, you know, a, which group are you talking to? I mean, I know lots of Muslim women who do, you know, practice the prayer when they're menstruating. But that, you know, um, but that is, that's the tradition is that they, they don't, if they're, they're rec- recused. Sick, maybe. And sick. If you're sick, you don't have to do, do it. Um, that's the, the other. Same thing uh, with the fasting. Yeah, fasting is the same, which we are getting to. Okay, Fasting <laughs> is next. Oh. Perfect segue. No, thank you. Oh, Jade,
1: did I not recognize you before? I'm sorry. I'm
6: sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, just real briefly, the fundamentals of prayer, just mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. semantics of it, um, from the Islam point of view, this is, the def- is the definition of prayer identical to the definition of prayer for, for, for in, in uh, Judaism? For instance, Judaism seems to do a lot of praising. You're, to- you're talking about the word remembering some people pray for their health. I mean, there's was different mm-hmm. kind of right. uh, fine-tuning of prayer. So, so is there an identical match, would you say, between Judaism and Muslim, the definition? Of
1: well, that? we're going to save that one, too. While we get the basic structure, each one of the pillars, we're going to look at, I think, maybe as a way yeah. of comparing and contrasting in more depth in future classes.
2: I, I do want to say though, that there are different kinds of prayer in Islam. There is the formal fard, the formal ob- ob- obligatory prayer, which is an embodied prayer. Unless you can't physically do it, um, you, are, you are going through different postures, a very powerful um, practice of embodiment. Um, so that's one type of prayer. Then there's the dua, which is more of an intercessionary, intercessionary prayer, like you're asking for something or um, asking for blessing, asking for you know, healing, asking for whatever it is.
0: Um, and then there is um, Zikr. Maybe um, in another class we could even demonstrate, you know, yeah. I could bring in my prayer carpet and I could yeah. show you the actual what people are doing yeah let's yes. bring in all our paraphernalia yeah. All, yeah. Our, <laughs> all, our, all
1: our all our ritual paraphernalia that that is part of i didn't it's yeah. a funny word but i meant it actually yeah. Yeah. that are part of our uh, system yeah. and our traditions yeah.
0: no it's it's an interesting thing i mean i've had uh, friends of mine ask me like oh this looks exactly like a sun salutation like a mm-hmm. yoga yes. you know namaskar uh, so, I, I, God, I actually
2: God. taught this class to eighth graders when I was teaching in the Waldorf school. We are seventh graders. We were doing a block on Islam, and I, and I would do it for my colleagues too. And one class, I mean, I would never have made anyone do this, but one class of mine asked me to lead them in prayer. And so I did. Um, and it was really something. Um, they, they were just really interested in what, what, does, what does this feel like. So what is
1: but oh
2: yes yes yeah.
5: it's interesting because in the Christian perspective also there's many different kinds of prayers intercessory just being communing mm-hmm. wordless mm-hmm. silence and Saint Paul will say that to really we are to pray without ceasing mm. that you get to a point where the remembrance is so uh, so vibratory that a, with you don't, there's the structure but
2: then there's this also ceaseless.
1: Thank you. What's the third pillar?
2: Fasting. Um, fasting. Fasting. And interestingly enough, for um, by the way,
1: what's the, uh, what's the word for that? Sound. 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 Som. Som. Same as the Hebrew. Yeah. Um,
2: and uh, interestingly enough, origi- the original Muslim community observed the Yom Kippur fast.
1: The original Muslim community observed Yom Kippur. Yes.
2: And then. There was guidance given. There was uh, Quranic revelation given that they were to observe a fast in the month of, of the month of Ramadan. So, from the beginning, of, from the point at which you are supposed to do the dawn prayer, to the point at which you are supposed, you are, it's time to do the um, not Isha. What's the mag? Maghreb, Marie. Um, you are you are you are fasting. So, in last summer, that meant that you know, from about three in the morning until around eight thirty, eight forty-five at night, you were fasting. And it, that's no food or water. It's not. Yeah. yeah.
1: Every day for a month.
2: Every day for a month. And then you break your fast. And in Muslim countries, this is not a dour, ascetic um, practice. This is a time when families come together. The, the breaking of the fast is actually um, a wonderful time. Um, it's, a, it's a real celebration. It's a, it's a, um, one of my sheikhs wrote a book called Fasting and Feasting. Um, a, it was a Ramadan cookbook. <laughs> 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 Ramadan vegan echo halal
1: <laughs> So I have but I have a question about that then what what does the Quran or does the tradition express a purpose for this fasting or or must one interpret it from other sources?
2: Well, certainly um, the Islamic tradition has I would say there are three kinds of fasting. There is the actual fast from food and water, and you're doing this to please Allah. It's a, it's a, um, it's a, um, a way of, um, uh, you know, honoring Allah. It, because it this all, is Allah's will. This is Allah's command. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Personally, I fast because it puts me into alignment with people who don't have enough it put gives gives me compassion for people who don't can't break their their fast with you know sumptuous food the way i, I have so it 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 helps me to get in touch with the incredible hunger and poverty around the world and then there's also the but the, it's also a fast um, a deeper fast it's a fast from um, anger it's a fast from unskillful mind states and it's also a fast of of um, not relying on anything except God
1: so you um, don't have to think about preparing your next meal it's
2: it's that but also what is it that sustains you that is the question I always that always, personally I come up with when I'm fasting. It's like, I, you know, the, the kind of, it, it, for me, it's not even so much the hunger part of it. It's the, um, the, you know, sitting around with a cup of coffee, you know, the, the social aspects of eating, the, the mindless aspects of eating, it, it really requires incredible mindfulness to, um, undertake the fast. And, um, and, and I think the, the essence of the fast, really, again, is we go back to remembrance of God. In 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 the um, fasting from anything but the the awareness of God.
1: Rabia, would you add anything to that on that on the fasting from your your experience or perspective? I just wondering.
0: Um, I would say that you know, the physical fast turns your your awareness to all the other levels. Um, Of fasting like watching one's thoughts and one's speech which is really like a difficult practice and especially when you're hungry and when (laughs) all this stuff is being stirred up inside and you're just like ah you know um so just to be able to watch and witness you know the mind and all the different things, thoughts that come, and it, it really, everything slows down when you're fasting, so you're able to really pick apart like the pieces, whereas when you're rushing through your normal day and you're eating and everything's going along, um, we kind of lose, lose sight of a lot of that mental chatter that's always kind of going on, and, and um, that's, for me, the most amazing practice, is just to uh-huh. slow down enough to be like, oh wow, is that really what's going on when I'm not <laughs> when I'm not doing prayers or I'm just going about my day? Like so yeah, that's that's for me that's been the best and, and experience.
1: Oh oh yes, Miriam. Do
5: you take that time away from work? Or do you go to I mean, is how it, does that happen when if I had to work and fast, I mean even you
0: know, because
5: with yeah. young Kippur, we usually take that day off
0: one day right um in my experience you know a lot of people that I know that are born in a Muslim country and are raised fasting it's like much easier for them to sort of function in the world and I, I don't know if it's just because they've been doing it for a long time or I'm not exactly sure but in my experience that seems to be the case for myself I like I, compl- I get completely decimated I can't really function so I usually like the days I'm fasting, I don't fast the whole Ramadan because I wouldn't. I would just be like, I mean, probably in the hospital or something.
1: In <laughs> so the winter, you...
0: in the winter I do, but in the summer I can't. I literally can't. Uh, Health
1: wise, we'll talk about the cal- sacred calendars on another mm-hmm. class. But the Muslim calendar is lunar and does not follow the seasons. So that Ramadan can mi- migrate continually yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's, through it's, the year. It's going. Ba- it goes backwards 11 days every year, and right now we are at the work. The best. last, the last five, the ne- last five years, and the next five years are the hardest because we're right at the summer solstice. Right.
1: Oh my yeah. goodness gracious! And what so, if we live in Norway? Oh god.
0: <laughs> well, anyway. that's that. That is the whole interesting. Thing. I have friends that do this even Muslim-born friends that do like the Saudi version of the fast, which is 12 hours. And Hmm. it's like, because in Saudi Arabia... It's close to the equator. Yeah, Yeah, so the the fast is never more than 12 hours. So... So I it mean, made more st- sense
1: in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm.
4: In Sweden, it would be nice. It would be only a couple of hours. <laughs> in the winter.
1: Yes. <laughs> in, the summer, yes. <laughs> well, in the summer, you're never going <laughs> to well, be able to <laughs> you know, There's also debates about this in Judaism. When does the Sabbath start? Which, you know, our holidays start at sundown. Mm-hmm. When you live way, way up north. It's a, similar, <laughs> it's a similar Jewish legal question. Yeah. It's really interesting. I,
2: I, I do yeah. want to say something to your we'll question, you though. And that is, I do work. During during the fast in, and it can be very, it can be very challenging. And what I've learned is, not basically not to ever, tra- like I don't go go in, I don't go to su- even to Sufi Sufi gatherings, especially when other people aren't fasting, um, because it's just too difficult. I mean, I basically keep myself. I don't make plans to travel. I don't make plans to I'd I make that month be as free from other mm-hmm. obligation as possible.
1: Uh, Michael, I'll get you in a second. I think this is an important thing to add, which is that in addition to it being to fasting and religious practices in general, being about your personal spiritual practice, if a community is fasting together, that is both an incredible bonding experience yeah. for a community yeah. and also as you can, it doesn't take it much to imagine how much that supports everyone in that activity. So, so again, in our American particular diffuseness, it's hard to be an observant anything, right? Because um, um, the stores are now open on Thanksgiving. It's even hard to be an observant American <laughs> now because of... Right, because there's an American civil religion that we all grew up with uh, that, has, that has just completely, not completely, has frayed and disintegrated to an incredibly large degree. I mean, for all the faults, uh, uh, you know, for all the good that's happened since then, the breakdown of the civic norms of Thanksgiving or Labor Day and what it means, uh, you know, and Memorial Day and what it means were part of our collective civic religion. So... It's a challenge that we face in our society today yeah. to be observant to any things, which is why people seek out spiritual communities of practice, right? Yeah. So that you can do that with people.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm part of a community in New York, the Sufi community in Tribeca, where we have 50 to 60, 80 people even on most nights during Ramadan. We feed everyone. And, and it it's helps. quite something. It's yeah. really like, it's it's amazing. It's very nourishing it's also can be extremely chaotic because people are <laughs> trying to feed that many people and then everything like and everyone's just, starving and then and then after the f- being quiet all day and like being in this very like hermetic zone and then just it's like you know, people are talking and smoking and drinking coffee and it's just like,
1: <laughs> one more thing so this is that's right very this, intense. Is, this is an important framing comment which is that. Religious paths are both personal and communal, yeah. Yeah. and it's some, it can be very, almost it's it's somewhat um, uh, artificial to try to separate one from the other. Though we can talk in that way. Here's what it does for me. But then also we need to acknowledge and think about why people get together to do these things. That's why we have religious traditions. So Michael. Yeah, around the same topic. So, growing up in a place where there, the community of
4: Muslims was very uh, large, um, I noticed that there is no Shabbat. There's no day rest. Of rest day because Friday everybody goes to work and then they go, they stop their prayer, they stop at twelve, they pray, then they come back from the mosque and they open the shops again. That there was no day. And actually, a lot of the Muslim countries actually. Keep Sunday, the, especially the ones that were in so part of the Soviet Union. Hmm. So, is there a, is there a thing like a Shabbat, like a rest where you can't do anything for a certain amount of time, or it's just integrated into the day as you go, so you stop for a prayer, then you continue? Great riding. question.
2: I think in different um, Islamic countries it's different. Um, I know that in, when I was traveling in Jordan, I think, as if I recall correctly, they were observing. Um, Friday, Friday fri- Well, where where I was, they were observing Friday and Saturday were sort of their weekend. They're sort of their
1: weekend. And
2: um, I think it. I think it does vary. There's nothing like Shabbat in um, Islam. Uh, although, or the,
1: or the Sabbath in the Christian tradition. Right.
2: Or, but um, the traditional day of uh, or time of Zikr is Thursday night. Into Friday, that's how oh, interesting. I'm yeah, going to yeah. read
1: more about that. I want to find out <coughs> more about that. Yeah. That that would be a that would be a substantial and significant difference between the Jewish tradition and the Islamic tradition.
0: Yeah, it's it's the Friday, the Jum'ah day. I mean, most what's that word you used? Jum'ah means like the day of congregation. Day of congregation. So you're required um, as a man, you're required to go to the mosque and do your Jum'ah prayers um, on Fridays. Friday oh. so Fridays the noon prayer. Um, and of course, the exact time changes because of the, the sun. Um, women are not required to do the Juma in in, Juma in in a congregation. You can do the Juma prayer at home on your own. But for men, it is a requirement. So a lot of Muslim countries, like the weekend starts on Friday. And people have Friday and Saturday off. And then they work on Sundays.
1: The traditional roles of men and women in the Jewish tradition, in the Muslim tradition, and we'll address it in the Christian, we will put on our
2: syllabus. (laughs) Martha, you had something you wanted to ask? Um,
5: Yes, what? Children. Do do children fast?
2: Uh, They may start to fast. I mean, again, this all all depends on, on, you know, the family and the culture. They may start... They're not required to fast. They may start to fast. I think around uh, puberty is when...
0: Right, in the Jewish
1: tradition, children who reach their bar mitzvah uh, uh, are required to fast. Prior to that, they're not.
0: I think it's nine for boys. Nine? (laughs)
1: That's what I've heard. Interesting.
0: Lenore? Yes. What's
3: interesting to me, and I've never heard um, an explanation of this, is in Hebrew, Saturday is Shabbat. But Saturday in Arabic is al-Sabt. It's the same word. Yes. Right? Hmm. So I find that fascinating given the question about the meaning of Shabbat, which is to cease work in Hebrew, relative to the fact that, again, because they're sister languages, you have the same words. You know That's it. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't remember this correctly, I get confused, with but was, whether it was market day, so Muhammad chose it, because when people came to market, you could speak to them. Mm -hmm. And so public prayer comes out of the gathering, and if I remember that correctly, of market day, which is not uncommon for that to take place. So that is how that arises. But I still find it um, fascinating that, you know, you have basically the same word, Mm -hmm. yet, it is a difference.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I yeah, and, I didn't
2: know that either. And That's I think
1: cool. one of the things that I would like to, if not in this course, soon explore is that I know that um, Muhammad was deeply influenced by the Jews and by Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. And so we'll want to explore that further too.
0: Well, I don't know um, if you want to discuss the fact that the original... Uh, The Qibla that you face when you're doing your Salat prayer, Mm -hmm. your ritual prayer, which we'll we'll show you when we do our uh, demonstration, but you're facing a direction and the original direction of prayer was Jerusalem up until Mm -hmm. a certain point when the prophet received a vision and he was told to change the direction of prayer to the Kaaba in Mecca, which is where he was from oh boy
1: this is going to be interesting (laughs) no really i mean the because these just like in our course last fall with math last fall and winter where we recognized the intense sibling quality of christianity and judaism we may find something similar here
2: well i someone was i think it was you mentioning the I mean I really do feel that the Salat prayer grew out of the desert tradition of you know stopping um, and and they were casting around for how to call people to prayer and because the Christians used bells and the Jews used the shofar and someone came up with the human voice so it was very clear that these th- this tradition of prayer grew out of the des- the desert tradition of you know, marking certain time periods of the day. And I'm sure that the Christians, because they grew out of Judaism, you know, it, it grew oh, yes. out of... So it's really, um, you know, we have...
0: In, there's incredible similarities. Okay. Um, sibling? One, one more, just to bring in the sort of the more Christian Maria Mia sort of element, Mary element. Um, so in, in all mosques above the Qibla... What is, is the Qibla? If you've walked into a mosque, Mm -hmm. you'll see this, like, niche, prayer niche in the corner. A niche. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Either on the main wall or in a corner or whatever, and that's facing Mecca in Saudi Arabia. So you can always know if that's the prayer niche, that it's facing Mecca. Um, And above the Qibla, there's always, like, um, an ayat of the Quran. An ayat means a line from the Quran. And the line is... um, taken from the chapter of Maryam Mary in the Quran it's chapter 19 and it says um, when she withdrew to a place facing east and it's about when Mary conceived Jesus and she was told to uh, enter Halvet enter retreat from uh, her people and from humanity and to withdraw to a place facing east so right there you have you know Mary who's a you know a also new, so a New
1: Testament about, that, sort yeah. of reference is above every qibla and every mosque okay (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: and if you really really want to be blown away uh, so inside the kaaba in mecca uh, there's um so the kaaba i see i really wanted to bring in some photos but i didn't get okay next time but next week i'll bring in some photos so the kaaba is like this. Black cube. Maybe you've seen mm-hmm. pictures, videos on YouTube of people. It's actually really interesting if you go- if you Google it on YouTube. Just the Kaaba, Mecca.
1: How do you spell Kaaba? Would you say?
0: K A A B A.
1: K A A B A.
0: Um, and there's people always going around it. So there's always this like little white people, like because they're wearing white cloth. So it's like these little white things going around this black cube. It's very like dramatic looking. Um, so inside the cube. It's just a cement cube now. It's There's actually nothing inside. Um, and it's covered in a black silk uh, chador, like a hijab. Because <laughs> many people say that the Kaaba is actually a woman. And it's just very this. Anyway, so it's just like all this esoteric symbolism. But so there's a cement cube there in Saudi Arabia. And it's covered by marble. Uh, you know, it's, it's in the midst of a huge marble. What would you call that? Like, a plaza. a plaza, a city, a plaza a it is. A yes. plaza, a it's, plaza. Huge. it's just yeah. massive. Yeah, it's massive <laughs> and there and there's sec, you know two floors because millions of people come for the Hajj, you know, there's like 3 million people actually come for the Hajj, the, the major. the next on yeah. right, our next list. Dinner, yeah. So, um so anyway, so it's this cement cube and every year somebody goes in and cleans it out and the only thing inside the Kaaba is an icon of Jesus and Mary.
1: Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, So go um, figure that out <laughs> originally when Muhammad uh, c-
2: came came to Mecca sort of in triumph and um, sort of a bloodless coup he smashed all the idols the only one he left was the picture of uh, the the idol or uh, the uh, picture the icon
0: of Mary and Jesus. Really? Yes, and that's because no. they're both considered prophets. Yes. So there's, they're both considered prophets. Mary, and they're both in the Quran. So. An
1: asteroid? Yeah, that's,
5: on, that that's
0: on the outside of the Kaaba. Right, I mean, when I, the story I heard about it is that stone. The black actually, stone. The,
4: the, the meteorite that's, that's in the Kaaba is something that was worshipped before Muhammad. Yes. And when Muhammad came <clears> to <throat> the they were praying to Jerusalem, and then they changed it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons why they changed it, but we won't get mm-hmm. into that. Um, but then they decided to go towards Mecca, and he actually integrated this. It was kind of a worship, the people were worshipping it anyways, into the Kaaba. That's right, a, that's entirely possible. <laughs> that's it,
0: up, it says that there is an asteroid in Mecca. So, oh, yeah, it is. Yes.
1: A, a broader comment about that. So.
0: It's not inside, though. It's outside. It's outside.
1: For some, for, for some reason, many, the, many people in, in Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and other traditions want to identify their tradition as somehow freestanding. Just like we want to say our culture is unique. The truth, and I mean truth, is that everything we do is syncretic that means we take stuff that we've learned it works its way into our culture it's not necessarily a conscious activity but everything's a mixture and uh, so keep that in mind uh, the holy mountain in Jerusalem pretty much that we that it, it pretty much we're pretty certain was a place that was somebody else's holy mountain before we got there and uh, the fact that the mosque Uh, the Golden Dome, the Mosque of Omar, stands on what is reputed to be the Temple Mount, and is the Temple Mount, where the Temple of Jerusalem stood, was not an accident, but the impulse of a people to say, oh, this is a holy spot. We're going to build our building here. And then elements of the previous traditions are still present. And that's the way we operate. Culture is not hermetically sealed. Culture is the opposite. Of that, and so we can keep that in mind as we listen to all these uh, sort of crisscrossing. Uh, the it all begs the question: What the hell is wrong with us? <laughs> right? Why do we feel this 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 over so much of the time? This overwhelming urge to identify sell ourselves. Now, again, that's not the purpose of this course, but you can't not say that out loud when you start to realize how much we have. In common, and in fact, that we're all woven together. There's something about the human makeup that divides into tribes, and uh, uh, we know that. Yeah. Um, so, oh, Laura, you've been waiting.
3: Yeah, I am very mundane, given where this discussion, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, has gone. I was back to fasting, okay. so I wanted
5: to know if there are
3: other fast times other than Ramadan, or if Ramadan, that month of Ramadan.
2: Great question. Yes. There's a there's a traditional fast um, called Ashura, which is the ten days of some Islamic month, Moharim Moharam, yeah. Moharram, How close um, to
1: Ramadan is that month?
2: About, usually about three months after. Uh-huh. And, like and that. it's a ten day? It's a ten day fast and it honors and it particularly among the Shia, which we we're yeah, gonna learn. We're gonna to have
1: to get a working understanding yes. of where yes. this
2: rift happened. Yes, but but um, particularly for one sect of um, Islam who honors the son-in-law of the prophet, um, uh, Ali, who was one of the um, you know, next figures in Islam, one of his successors, uh, the Prophet's successors. Um, it honors um, the uh, death of his grandsons. I
1: see. So not all.
2: The prophet's grandsons. Yeah. OK. And so well, uh, it's a story. And which sect honors story? the
1: mother-in-law of the prophet? That's what I want to. <laughs> <give, just laughs> That's a well, good question, actually.
0: The, the Shia, the Shia, um, the so the people of Shia means the Shia to Ali, the people, the party of Ali. So they're the people that follow the descendant. So the line basically split because when Muhammad died, he didn't actually leave a clear any clear instructions. And you have to remember he was not only a spiritual leader, he was a political leader as well. So you can imagine like if this king dies and doesn't say like who he wants to take over, you know, after him, like it's going to ma- create a major rift. So people there's some people Went and became the Shia to Ali, the party of Ali, and followed uh, his son in law and Fatima, his daughter, and felt like they they wanted to follow um, the lineage, the actual blood lineage of the Prophet, um, and those are like the the um, Shia countries like that follow in that in that line.
2: Iran, part half of Iraq, which which is don't get me started.
0: Bahrain. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so then you have the uh, the Sunni Muslims, and they're the people. Of, Sunni means uh, people of consensus. Um, the people of Shoda, like um, so, those those are the people that wanted to choose their leader uh, because Abu Bakr Al Sadiq, uh, one of the early companions of the Prophet, um, he was like always cons- like. It goes back to during the prophet's life when the prophet Muhammad, like a couple of times, he got sick and he couldn't lead the salat, so he would ask Abu Bakr to lead the salat for the community, and so people saw that as a clear indication that he had chosen him as the next successor, because you have to it's like imagine like just like a spiritual community. And you have your leader, and he doesn't leave clear instructions, so you're going to search for meaning and all the Happens these things.
1: all the time. <laughs> right.
0: Right? So, right. Right. Yeah. So you're like, oh, he asked him to lead the prayer. You know, that must mean he chose him. You know, whatever. So, so that's really where the split came. Was
1: right at the beginning.
0: Right at the beginning. As soon as the uh-huh. prophet passes away, phew, community, you know, half the community, let's say, says, no, I'm going to follow Ali and Fatima, because you have to remember, Fatima, the prophet's daughter, was an extremely extremely, you know, sought after teacher and saint. Like she, she was, cons- I mean, Fatima, uh, the prophet used to say, Fatima is my mother. Like Fatima is, is like a greater spiritual figure than I am even, the prophet would say that. He loved his daughter that much and really felt that she was like, you know, an amazing being. So a lot of people just wanted to follow Fatima and Ali. And then a lot of people wanted to follow uh, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and the and the caliphate that came after that. So you've probably heard the word caliph caliphate, you know, because ISIS. Is right. We'll learn more about that. <laughs> He's saying that ruining like a caliph, that, yeah. Or whatever, right. but, yeah. So anyway.
1: So I just have a question. Do you need to go?
0: Is it three already? It's, yeah. Oh. What
1: about number four? <laughs> oh, just yeah, what? Oh, no, 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 no no. Uh,
0: I can say kar- four, nine, no. no,
1: no, no, no. Karuna staying. But Rabia had a con- scheduling conflict and yeah, can't I stay to, for the entire class.
0: I have to leave. I have to go. I have a concert on Long Island that I had totally forgotten about. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so I have to drive to Long Island. But I'll stay, I'll stay till 3.15. Oh, um,
1: beautiful. Okay, so let's go on to the fourth pillar.
0: Fourth pillar is zakat,
2: uh, which is um, cher- zakat, Z-A-K-A-T in most transliterations.
1: So that would be tzedakah.
0: Yes, sadaka. Yeah. People call it sadaka. Sadaka
1: in Arabic. Sadaka in Hebrew. Charity.
2: And you're expected to give, depending on again which school you follow, you're expected to give a certain proportion of your wealth to people who are less fortunate than. This you. This is
1: identical to the Jewish tradition. Yeah.
2: Most Muslims say two percent of your assets. Yeah. And it's per year. It's a. Um, it's a. Um, it really hits on one thing that I don't think most people understand about Islam: is there's an incredible commitment to social justice in Islam that we will talk about when we get into the life of Muhammad. It's a it's an amazing um, and inspiring p- part of Islam. Um, so that's pretty straightforward, I think. Let okay. me go because I know Rabia has some amazing things about Sufism. She wants yeah, to say. Yeah, but we'll also get to yours yeah. next week. We're not going to yeah. squeeze it into oh, yeah. six yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then, finally, the um, pilgrimage, the Hajj, which I... Um, Hajj
1: is probably the same word as Chag, Chag festival, because the, uh, the pilgrimage festivals in Judaism were called the Chagim. Mm,
2: nice. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, Hajj is um, for Muslims who can afford it... Um, you are expected at least once in your lifetime to travel to Mecca on pilgrimage, and it's a it's a very um, structured and um, particular particular set of practices when you arrive there. Um, you don't you you wear particularly if you're a man you wear a unhemmed two piece garment. You um, don't shave or. Smoke, or I mean, there's a whole list of prescribed practices that you do during the um, Hajj, and it's also kind of you're moving through sacred landscape. You're moving from one from the Kaaba to the plain of Arafat, where Muhammad addressed the people of of his community right before he died. To you know, there's this whole series of um, practices, some of which are really predate the Prophet. Um, so, it's a, it's a um, it's an, but I love what someone said to me when I took shahada, and that is that there's also the pilgrimage of, you circle the kaaba in the physical realm, but you are, in, you are circling the kaaba of the heart in, in, in your practice, uh, uh, your daily practice, that, that there is this, you know, circling of the one, circling of the divine. So it's, that is the, the metaphor of pilgrimage, is really that, um, that incredible uh, circling around the throne of the divine.
1: Um, Do uh, either of you wish to go on hajj or have?
2: I, I have a, I have some issues with the political practices of the Saudi Arabians and the um, so I so I'm sort of in protest.
0: Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, had, I I've had I have very close friends that live there and have asked me to come and do the Hajj and I refuse until women are allowed to drive and are given their rights. I'm not going. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also,
6: you you have stampedes and people are dying. Well, uh, there are there are
1: organizational there's, there's problems that. too there, but because two million people are, are convening right. in one place, but uh, uh, that's that's an it, that's a, an additional question a about it. Not to go. But yeah. if you are passionate, Jay, about this, yeah, you go. It's, no,
6: but it's, but it's the passion that's causing the stampedes. So uh, like it that. doesn't appear to be the passion. It appears Sometimes.
1: to be the. Jay, from what I've read, and I'm not an expert in this, it appears to be the size of the crowds and the poor job yeah. the Saudi government yeah. has done in trying to manage them. Yeah.
4: To date, or is that in? Yeah.
1: Now, Two years now, 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 yeah. now happens, People die on the Hajj every year right now because yeah. of the crush of people who want to be there and the lack of, of adequate organization. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, the sheer um, I, yeah. I, I I guess I heard positive propaganda about it. Uh, but there's also that one part where you Oh, wait,
1: to it's not necessarily propaganda. That Hajj, no, no, for, I mean, for no. many, many, many people who go, the Hajj is the fulfillment of a lifetime dream, just like for a Jew to finally get to Jerusalem. And so it's not propaganda.
4: I, I, maybe I didn't use the right words. Uh, maybe you can describe that one part where... People are supposed to hustle and walk fast and run yeah. you know in mass.
1: Yes. I wanna talk I want us to go through the steps, the stages of the Hajj all at once. So I'm gonna put that uh, anybody got a pen? That's patent? a long
0: that's a long explanation. Because the Hajj has so many It's devices. a long
1: explanation. So rather than just do a little bit of it, I'm putting it on the list. Okay, for later.
2: I will say the cool thing is that is a you real to John connection John. Yeah. to the um, story of Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's <laughs> a very
1: important parallel between Judaism and Islam, uh, which is what happens during the Hajj. So I don't want to give it short shrift. Yeah. I, I just, I, mean, I, I remember one thing about the Hajj is that for Malcolm
4: X, that was a major transformation in terms of, although there's a lot of this, you know, uh, talk about how, how un- unorganized it is, it's a very moving experience, and Malcolm X changed a lot of his perspectives because of going to the Hajj, so apparently there's a very big spiritual element to it, and just seeing the people going to Hajj when I've been in the Middle East on their way, it's an amazing Thing, yeah. all greens, all colors, all... Yeah, um, if you ever yeah.
0: see people at the airport that are wearing like a white sheet, right. just kind of around them like nothing else, and their heads are shaved, then they're on their way to Hodge. Right.
6: And, you can see something fascinating yeah. on YouTube in which to Hodge, somebody sp- uh, sped up the, the, the video. It's a oh, a time-lapse? Oh, oh, yeah. And it's, and it's going fast, and yes. it's just an amazing visual to see these two million people right circulating. So,
1: Tibetans who go on their pilgrimage, go to their holy mountain, and they genuflect right. every, how many steps? Mm-hmm. An, all the way around the holy mountain. Um, they not running. What?
5: They're not running.
1: No, I'm making a point, Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes, your point is that they should have better signs that say no running at the pool.
3: <laughs> My point is it's a different, uh, the Buddhist, it's a different um, mindset.
1: Oh, uh, and why would walking slowly and genuflecting be any less spiritual than. I'm not saying that. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't understand why you were saying that.
5: that. It's probably, if anything, it's encouraged to go slowly and mindfully. I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm well, saying, I
1: hear a judgment, judgment, so I want to say something no, about it.
5: that's not a judgment. I'm just saying it's a, it's a
1: different perspective. You can go, but my point is that these are all spiritual traditions with right. spiritual intentions. Yeah. So, yes, they're different. And you can go fast or slow as mindlessly as the next person. <laughs> the problem, The problem with religious practice is that people can think that doing the physical movement is the goal. And you have done it, and therefore you check it off on your brownie list with God. And that's the problem with ritual, is that we forget the reason behind the ritual. So whether it's going fast or going slow, humans will manage to forget why they're doing it. And give it a much more prosaic reason, like, I did it. So now God loves me, right? As opposed to understanding that spiritual practices are developed by people and then passed along with the intention of them being things that change our consciousness. Now, some of us find different spiritual traditions more compelling. Some of us find going slow and being mindful in that way very compelling. I get bored to tears. However, when I'm on a good run, that's just my makeup. I get elevated. So the the I'm just I want to make that point I'm sorry if I'm misunderstanding you Rebecca no,
5: I'm just commenting on the safety
1: ah so the, okay so but 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 we don't have enough I understand no, but they're, Rebecca
0: they're not but running
1: around the car I, I, no. no they're not I, it's
0: I, like you get swept up again
1: again make please yeah, make no, a right. distinction between bad human management. <laughs> And don't conflate that, don't conflate what the Saudis are doing well or poorly as the keepers of the Hajj with what, this, what might be, that's not the same as what the purpose of the Hajj is. Okay? It's a poorly managed event that has caused deaths. But that doesn't mean that there's something fundamentally wrong so with it. My question
3: is what is. My understanding from people's comments isn't it is not
2: that there is an encouragement to go fast in so one part. I, so yes. my question is, why? Well, I, I will I will answer. There is one place where uh, you run from one sort of mountain peak to or mountain hill really peak to the other, but that is actually in honor of Hagar. Um, uh, the uh, yeah the, the um, Ishmael's mother Ishmael's mother was running from one place to the next trying to find water for her child and that's when the angel appeared to her If you remember the story in the Islamic tradition we have there's that story too and the the um, so she so it it mirrors her her
0: um, uh, her run. Actually. Right, so that's You're, the you fast are, part. You are, um, that's the part. And now the Saudi government's pretty much like built a mall over that spot. So now you can like run back and forth over a marble floor, and you don't even have to get your feet dirty. And it's air conditioned. <laughs> and it's oh. air conditioned. Uh, however, and there would be Saudi.
1: there would be a way. With all of that money to figure out a way to do this, and they—that's the, since they've taken responsibility for the hodge, that's their job.
2: i, d- I don't think that's where the people have died, though. They, they, no, they, no, there's they, another place. Yeah, yeah. 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 you can. Everybody,
1: feel free to Google this and read about yeah. the, the, the stampede at the hodge, and you'll understand what the traffic management issues are that are causing a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Ellen.
3: Last a few months ago, during hodge, the New York Times had an article about the how the people converged and died and and what happened, but also a beautiful blog by a reporter, a young woman who was going on her first Hajj and what she experienced. And um, I'll try to find it and send you the link. I read if, it. You read it. OK, so but if anybody wants it, you can go to the New York Times website and search for Hajj blog, I guess. I think it's <laughs> H-A-J-J. Or H A J H A D J Something like that. Alright. it's a beautiful expression of this young woman's experience when she went on Hajj and how it, it how moving it was for her. I,
2: I want to say something else, too, about the kind of greater idea of pilgrimage because it is a larger idea. Hajj is one specific piece of it, but it, especially in the Sufi tradition, there is really, and this is actually very contested in the Islamic world today, so this is the... This is the, the heretical view. But many people make pilgrimages to the tombs of great um, Sufi saints. And um, I w- was privileged to go to the Urs of uh, Mevlana um, Rumi uh, two years ago. Oh, they, they celebrate his death day on December 17th. In Turkey? In Turkey. And um, so. Um, and so this is a, then this is you know, Muslims from all over the, um, you know, all over the world gather in that, in that place in the, for that event, and similarly in other in other places too, where there are beings who have you know sort of carried this light of, um, of uh, is Islam of Sufism, um, and and are revered. There's this. Um, energy that forms in spiritual in spiritual places we call it baraka you call it
1: oh bracha? Bracha. <laughs> <laughs> baraka
2: baraka baraka a blessing there's a there's this oh. experience of blessing in places where um, great beings have resided and where and you know all over the world all yeah. over the world.
1: So, this also seems to be a universal human yes. social impulse. Uh, yes, exactly. yes, 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 Rabi.
0: And um, I just wanted to say that over the entrance, again, we have an entrance. Uh, over the entrance to Rumi, Mevlana Rumi's um, mausoleum in Konya, which is where the Urs is held every year, uh, his death anniversary is the Urs. Um, over the entrance, it says, This is the Kaaba of lovers those who entered here were complete, or became complete, uh, in Turkish. So that it sums it up, that for Sufis, it's not about going to the Kaaba in Mecca. It's like, you know, it can be many things. Whether it's the Kaaba of the heart, it could be going to Rumi's um, tomb. We
1: will, we will find that in Jewish traditions, too. Uh, and I'm sure in Christian traditions, everyone makes pilgrimages. And, uh, uh, and then the spiritual, mystical traditions are clearer that the actual pilgrimage is a pilgrimage of the hearth. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to say something? I just wondered, if the, is the Hajj a certain, is yes. a certain time? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. No? Yes.
3: So, you, so if you just went there some other time, it wouldn't be the same thing, I
2: think. There is there's, um, there's, uh, one, one time. I, fr- I can't remember Umrah. what
0: month. Umrah, the Umrah. Oh, oh, I, what month? Oh, the Hajj is the dual hijr, the, the month of Hajj. Yeah. yeah. So, but then if you if you want to go to Mecca any other time of the year, it's called the Umrah. It's called the lesser pilgrimage. Okay. So you can actually. go... I think to,
1: I would do that. <laughs> yeah, there's
5: like off, there's like off one
1: season. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's like only a million people there when during the Umrah, rather than like four million. Is there a specific time for the Umrah too? Yeah, I mean they the Saudi government doesn't open it all year. They they close the. They close uh, Mecca for certain periods so that only Saudi residents can go. So um, so it's there's certain times where you can get a, a visa for an Umrah and then other times you can't. And...
1: But I, I really do... I'll get you in a second. Um, I really do suggest that you read about the building... Pro- what You know, it, this has all changed in the last 50 years. I mean, okay. the Saudi government has created this massive complex of hotels and towers and it's like... Oh, So do that, not just out of, she'll see, it's just because the number of people on Hajj with the advent of cheaper air travel has uh, also just like exploded. So they have a big problem on their hands, basically. Yeah. Yes? Uh, my question is very simplistic. I know with
5: every different type of Judaism, there's different expressions of this, but there's like a handful of things that I'm supposed to do really be considered Jewish like lighting a candle for my parents right. different things like that small things maybe I don't know big things whatever. but these five things in Islam is you do those five things then you're Islamic
1: oh that's a great then you're, then you're a then you're a Muslim Oh, that's a great oh, question.
2: She's walking out of this <laughs> question. <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs> um, that's funny, isn't it? By the way, um, uh, yeah, next week... Thank you.
5: Thank
0: you.
1: Next week. Yes. So either at the end of class, either hand these back or keep them with you and study them. We're not done yet. We still have, fortunately, uh, 25 minutes. But
0: And I promise I'll bring my prayer carpet and we can do Salat next week so I can show you. and Beautiful. Photos, I would really-
1: photos, yeah, photos. too.
0: I would appreciate
3: a glossary because I Oh,
1: a remember glossary the Hodges too.
2: and yes. Ramadan. Good, 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 good. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I-, I will take responsibility for doing a okay, glossary.
1: Thank you so much. Okay. See you next week. You. Drive safe. Yes.
2: yes. Thank you so much. Have a good answer. Yeah.
1: Sorry, we're gonna miss that. You
2: too.
1: Okay. So, um, Sharon's question, Karuna, does that make you a Muslim if you fulfill the five pillars? What's your take on that?
2: Well, my t- the only thing you I mean, there's the technical answer. Muslim means one who surrenders to God. Uh, in the that's the definition of, of that
1: that's literally what the word means so,
2: yes and and it and it also does relate to the word peace the, it's the same root and as, it, i'm sure it's shalom. shalom exactly mm, salam yeah salam so um, these so that technically in order to be come a muslim you say the shahada you do the first pillar um, I don't know that many Muslims who actually do do the five times a day prayer I mean in terms of i mean if you're especially if you're not living in a Muslim country it's a challenge. Um, some of them conflate that conflate them. you can do the afternoon and noon prayer together you can do the so you you go down to three times you can do Maybe the night hard. prayer and the the um, the evening prayer together um, so I guess I'm, I, I'm throwing it back to you. It, it,
1: there's it's, no ceremony
3: There's
2: There's no... There, oh, but it's not it, about it, becoming a
1: Muslim. It's about to be a practicing Muslim. To be Muslim. a
2: practicing Muslim, yes, you, you would do this You same. accept the five yes. pillars and you yes, put them you into your life. Same. Yes, exactly. OK,
1: good. And the comparison, again, as Jews know, is that we have a system called the mitzvot, the commandments. Yes. And some of us are much more stringent about following the details of the commandment. I am, of course, someone who tries to follow the spirit of many of the commandments, but not necessarily in their detailed uh, practice. But I take them as my organizing system.
2: Well, um, the reason I'm hesitating in answering it is, for example, there are Sufi orders in Turkey, the Bektashis, for example, that don't do the prayer. They feel like their their zikr is, um, and they don't fast for Ramadan. Uh, They feel like, yes. Yes, and they're, you know, and depending on which Muslims you're talking about, they are seen as either heretics or they feel like they have a, you know, a higher spiritual practice. They do a lot of um, gathering and singing in their ch- chemas. They're, they're not mosques. They're, um, they're, they're, and they do a, a kind of musical zikr. That, um, that, and don't do the traditional um, Muslim prayers. So that's one example. Um, but I, basically, I think the five pillars is is Thank you. what you can do. Thank you. Melinda.
5: My question is a little more uh, ferreting stuff out. So in mm-hmm. Christianity, when you get go through confirmation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you're considered an adult responsible in the community and, and Judaism when you have your bar, or a bar mitzvah, <laughs> you're considered an adult in the community. Oh. Is there a, an equivalent in Islam? There's this, th- this vital time in the development of, a, of just the
2: physiologic
5: development of a soul and a body that commits you?
2: There's not a specific ceremony in the same way huh. that there is um, in 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 those the, the two other traditions. People, they. I think at puberty, um, someone was asking me about when. A a lot of times, um, girls will decide to put on hijab if they are, you know, or they'll be encouraged to put on hijab if they're in a, you know, depending on the community they're in. Um, Fasting might take place. They might step into more adult um, ritual responsibilities. But as far as I know, there's no. Ceremony that um, brings this about.
1: So, what is the place of circumcision for boys in uh, Islam? Can you generalize?
2: I think it's generally done around five. Um, It's not done eight, five years. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. That's very traditionally different. For example, in Turkey, they Uh do it at a certain age. Then there's Sunni Muslims. And in Israel, the Palestinians do it at a certain age. And the Palestinians in the West Bank do it at a different age. So I think that there's a lot of, I think just like Judaism or Islam or Christianity, it's very influential by the local culture. Thank you. Because Uzbek Muslims and Arab Muslims have very different traditions and different aspects. So Uh it's one billion people.
1: Oh, I know. But no, no, yes, that's why I'm asking. I'm saying, because. I I, I mean,
4: I know that it's different ages. Uh, Thank
1: you. That's very helpful to me. I didn't know if it was like at puberty or if it was... Because, you know, in Judaism, obviously, circumcision is at eight days old, and that is that that makes it all the way across the, the board.
4: When I heard about my Muslim counterparts who got circumcised at 12, or that's seven, what I was... Seven, and it's very, very different. I was familiar
1: with that 12-year-old story. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. It's traumatic.
4: Yeah. I'm glad
5: you asked because I didn't even know circumcision was a
1: thing. Now... Do you have to be circumcised in order to be a Muslim, as oh, a male?
2: That's good. That's a good. I mean, you're yes. supposed to be. Yes.
1: Okay. So that's interesting. Anybody here aware of what it signifies? Because in Judaism, the circumcision is this oh. is the symbol of the covenant between us and God, and so it has a very specific symbolic application. Do you know?
2: You know, I, I, I have this vague recollection that it be. It, it, it's, a, it, it's because of the circumcision of Ishmael and, uh, and Abraham. It's part of the Abrahamic tradition. That's right.
1: So we're going to examine this in depth because the, wh- one of the most fascinating distinctions that I know in my limited knowledge of Islam and its relationship to Judaism is that whereas in Judaism, Isaac is singled out both to be taken, both to be taken up to the mountain, uh, for sacrifice, and to and as the one from whom the people will descend. In Islamic uh, uh, telling, it's his brother Ishmael, who is Moses, who Abraham takes up to the mountain, and Ishmael is thirteen years older than Isaac. Uh, so when at in so. We're gonna, I, I want to just have some texts actually so that we can look at them side by side because it's it for me, and I'll just say this sort of as sort of a teaser um, again, just like Christianity and Judaism we recognize are this, is this intense sibling rivalry, um, uh, uh, it, it seems that Judaism and Islam are also a literal sibling rivalry, in which son is singled out as the special one for that tradition. And I want us to explore that more, because I'm fascinated by it. Michael?
4: I just want to add, it's not, it's not only that, it says in the Bible that we will have rivalry for the rest yeah. of our life, uh, and, and, and describing Ishmael as the wild one, as the one in the desert who rides free I mean, right. it's very so it's more than just a uh, assumed rivalry it's actually part of the problem is is that we are cursed at that point at that moment
2: but don't, but don't they bury their father,
4: father together? yeah you it's could true. say
1: that they bury their father together right. yes.
4: but, I mean but it, at the inception of the, the whole story I mean it's it's, right. it's, 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 a, it, it's it's we're left with that as an open-ended thing. that's right there's no, so there's no ending of that story with Jacob is in, this, in Aesop there's an ending to the story, but with Ishmael there's no ending.
1: So we are faced with a challenge just as any which is how to retell the ending of our story mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully there'll be enough from both traditions of us who want to tell a new story about this and we'll be talking more about that.
2: By the way, the Quran is not specific about which brother it was. Really? And there are some Muslims, it. there are some Muslims who believe it was Isaac.
1: I didn't know that either. Won, okay. Who believe that it was Isaac? Isaac who got taken up to the mountain?
2: Di- there is disagreement in the Muslim community about yeah. that.
1: So I have. Um, oh yes, Melinda. So, so I, just a real quickie for um, pre-Islam one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. When was the
5: Quran written? In comparison.
1: To no, that's Islam one hundred and one. Okay. Islam, the Quran
2: was the, the Quran was written over a period of um, twenty three years. It was actually not written. It was revealed. Um, it was um, received, it was channeled, if you want to...
1: Yeah, channeled a is the modern, right word right. Mo-
2: you want a modern word for it. Um, m- uh, the prophet, peace be upon him, received the revelation in bits and pieces. His followers, he was unlettered. His followers wrote it down on whatever they had around, leaves, uh, leather, squ- scrolls, and... Um, the last revelation, and I, I'm going to consult my notes here because I'm not good with dates. The first one was, hold on, um, 624 A.D., uh, the first revelation. It's a beautiful story, which I I would love to share with you next week. Okay. Just gorgeous. That was before um,
6: Muhammad.
2: That's no, Muhammad. He,
1: he was born in 570. It's
2: 570, yeah. and he died in 632. So... So his last the last revelation came uh, I think a year before that. Um, a year before his death. And
3: so
2: 631. The, yes, 6, 631 and um the revelations were there. that I don't know because they they came in bits and pieces and then they were assembled in a very um, I apparently Muhammad was instrumental in telling people wh- which bit to put where but it's not it this gets into the whole issue of the Quran as a text it's a very unusual text not like the bible and the gospels in that it's not a narrative and it's not in any sort of car- chronological order Oh really it, it, it and so and it it's more like a it's more like a p- a very long piece of music with with recurring motifs that that happen over and over again. Some of it is um, very hymnic, um, uh, and particularly the last the last suras of the Quran, very much like poetry, very rel- revelatory, and that's actually the early stuff. Those are the those are the early suras. Um, and some of it is very prosaic. Um, it, it's not quite as bad as Leviticus in Numbers, but it gets to, you know, it can get very specific. And those generally fall in the earlier part of the Quran. It's organized by the longest surahs are first and the shortest are at the end. That's
1: how it's organized.
2: <laughs> That's how it's organized. And I don't, but I think bits of pi- and pieces of some of the longer surahs were revealed earlier and then assembled. Um, it's a very, cha- for, for Western people, particularly people who don't have any understanding of Arabic, it's a very challenging. Um, because so much, uh, and I'm sure you would say this about Hebrew too, so much of the Quran and the beauty of the Quran is in the language, which is very evocative because it's a root language. So the roots um, unfold in, in manifold ways. You're, you hear a word, you hear a phrase, and you have the image uh, that's at the root, and you have all the other associations that go with it.
1: Identical to Hebrew. Yes,
2: yes exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, com- very <clears throat> condensed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, and so um, it, it said that many of the early companions of Muhammad, peace be upon him, were so, they, they became Muslim, they became his followers because of the incredible beauty of the Quran. But if you which he, if was I, busy,
1: which he was busy channeling orally,
2: yes he would recite it and he would recite it, and people would just be blown away and oh, wow. um, and and and, and uh, P, uh, there was actually one of his um, sons- in-law who became a great caliph uh, and Islam was responsible for you know assembling the Quran he was uh, initially an enemy of, of Muhammad and came actually one night to um, make fun of him, to um, essentially beat him up, and he was so struck, there was a whole group of people listening to the Quran, I think one of them was his his daughter and his wife, Um, they had sort of surreptitiously um, come to listen, that he converted on the spot, because of the beauty of the language, it, it said that... Um, you know Nothing this beautiful could be anything but from God in, in, for, for a person who understands the Arabic language. So
1: think about stories about Jesus and people becoming Jesus' disciples, like Paul, for example, who were staunch opponents until the, the, the beauty of the revelation just yeah. blew them away. Mm-hmm.
6: Is it a book of laws and restrictions, like like adultery? Or is what? the Quran
1: a book of laws and restrictions? We already have heard that it's a very, to our, our way of thinking, it's a very strangely organized book from the longest segments to the shortest as a way of organizing it. Uh, but So is it a book of laws?
2: It's no. It's a hodgepodge. And there are hundreds and thousands of, uh, thousands of references to different stories, many of them biblical stories. So, uh, but they're not the fully fleshed story. It's, it's a reference. And uh, as I say, it's like kind of like a motif in a symphony. You hear this theme come up and this theme come up. And it can really, for for people who are trying to Access it for the first time. It's a it's a challenge. It's a challenging text. I can rec- make a few recommendations if you're interested. Mm-hmm. There is a book by a man named David Sells called Approaching the Quran, which talks about just the early surahs. That's probably the most accessible because they're very they're very much like poetry, and um, it's a it's actually a wonderful book. And it also has a, it comes with a CD of recitation. Oh. So um, we will. Um, I will give you a. Vi- we we a said we'd get a
1: bibliography <laughs> yeah. together, which uh, yeah. it was. Uh, we're we're,
2: yeah.
1: we're doing the best we can, but we will get that to you.
2: Uh, Char- I did, oh, I did have one other. One of the why the Quran is so challenging. I don't. I don't see it here. I, I had a, I had a. Oh, here it is. Here's a series of notes. I gave a talk at Matthew's Church, but, um, it's non-sequential it's got a, oh it's the voice is always changing it's got this shifting narrative voice so you never are quite sure who's who who is talking and who's being spoken to so you have you have to sort the it, it's traditional people understand it but the but you one one minute they're talk they're talking to the 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 Hypocrites in in um, Medina, and the next minute they're talking to the Prophet, and the next minute they're addressing all of all, all of all the Muslim community. So um, it's called Iltifat, and it actually is one of the beauties of the Quran when you understand when understand it. There's this incredible shift some sometimes of also voice and. It's also, it's poetry, it's, it, uh, it, rhymes. It's, yes. it, it rhymes.
1: It rhymes?
2: It rhymes, it's yes. Oh, Arabic, my goodness gracious. It rhymes. Oh, yeah. uh, what the can, wait.
1: OK, do you know the yeah. word uh, likro in Hebrew, anybody? Mm-hmm. To recite. Yes, it's recitation. It's the same as, and so the Hebrew word for Torah, mikra, which gets translated as scripture, is actually not a great translation because mikra, to is to read aloud in Hebrew. So, what our tradition and the Quran tradition are both meant to be chanted and recited aloud. Yes. yes. The the music of the language. The Bible was never meant in the Jewish tradition to be read silently to yourself.
2: The the other um thing that is probably true. I I don't know for sure, but um one of the um interesting things about the Quran, is that the actual structure of the verses has something called a ring structure. And um, so that the verses in the beginning of the surahs will relate to the verses at the end. And it's kind of like this parallel ring. But again, unless you really understand the language, it's hard to get a sense of that. That is
1: also many passages in the Bible are structured, not according to our conventions of literary narrative but according to a different time and a different place where words were constructed into different kinds of pictures, uh, word pictures. Um, uh, Karen, you wanted to say something, and then Susan. I, mean, I, was, well,
5: I was really struck when I first read the Quran, which is all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And since so much of it does reference a lot of the narratives that come out of the Jewish books and then also mm-hmm. the Christian books, would there have been an assumption that the average literate... Muslim would have access to these other books in order to understand their scripture better, or are they just taking it completely as a standalone?
2: I think that I think the, the stories were known. That's my own understanding that beca- that's the reason that the, the references were, were the references were to make a point but that this, the stories the, were part of the fabric of Oh, the because Midi's the idea. full
1: story is not necessarily in it's, the Quran.
2: Almost never. So there almost was never. the oral
1: tradition was all around it.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Oh wow.
2: And and the only exception is the beautiful chapter in the Quran of Yusuf.
1: Of Yusuf, Joseph, Joseph. Uh,
2: yes, he, he. That's the only fully <coughs> fleshed-out um, story. There are beautiful and evocative. I mean, uh, Rabia mentioned Miriam. A beautiful version of the um, uh, of the birth of Jesus, the Nativity. Uh, completely different than the one we, we know <laughs> um, uh, in this culture, but but very and very much, you know, about. Mary going on this incredible retreat, and and um, but but it but it, yes these these references to the prophets actually the person who's mentioned the most in the Quran after I think after Muhammad is is Mo, uh, Musa, Musa Moses Moses, Mose, Moses yeah <laughs> the, he's the he's the First prophet most referred to.
1: We're 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 om- running out of time Susan and then and hmm. Bob sorry but, here, Susan.
5: I just had an observation, which I can...
2: Oh, please. We want to hear it. Please.
5: One of the things you said last year, (laughs) Rabbi Jonathan, uh, that really caught my attention uh, was how you had read a book which showed that the structure of the Torah, you know, we think you build toward the climax and it's over. The book you read showed how in their scheme of things, the climax comes at the middle.
1: That's right. This is a book by... I thought
5: that was uh, Mm -hmm. possibly a forerunner of what what, uh, you just described. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Bob.
4: How much, if any, of the poetry of the original Bible or Koran
2: survived the
4: translation to English?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Oh,
1: boy, we talk about that a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you... Most people don't even consider... I mean, it... With a Quran, uh, you know, in Arabic, there are very specific ways that you treat it. You have a particular reverence for it. It's never, it's never lower than any other book. I don't even. Cons- this is not even considered Quran. It's a, it's an English translation. It's a good. I. It's one, one of the better ones, but, but it's you lose so much. And I have a smattering. I have one year of college, uh, Arabic. Um, a, a smattering, but. The, uh, even that small amount, the access that that has given me, um, it, it's a completely different um, thing now when I, when I read the Quran or, or study the Quran um, because uh, having access to just the understanding of the root structure, right. of the language, you, 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 it, it's, it, it really deepens your understanding.
1: It's the same in Hebrew. Uh, as you've heard me teach in my classes, any English translation, is so pale, it's so almost useless to understand the richness of the original uh, because of the different nature of the languages. Uh, and so um, uh, any serious student of Torah in the Jewish tradition finds they have to learn at least a working knowledge of Hebrew roots, or, or they, they miss it. Uh, I think the Christian tradition is quite different in that regard. And that the, why the King James, for example, translation of the Bible, b- becomes authoritative is because uh, Christianity has a different relationship to the language, uh, I think. Would you say that's true, Susan?
5: Well, I think the reason this James has retained
1: its authority in spite of the fact that a very poor translation is <laughs> that it's so beautifully written. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so it becomes a standard because of its beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, Christianity doesn't have the. I think because we, uh, Islam and Judaism both come from Semitic languages which function differently than uh, uh, Greek or Latin. Eh, no, Greek, but it's different.
4: Or was it originally in yeah, Aramaic? Yes, what? Originally was it was in Aramaic. Which was? Jesus
1: was saying. Jesus was, but all his writings then get communicated in Greek. The the New Testament is composed in Greek. It's not
4: translated, it's composed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But for they, it, Christianity took root among Greek-speaking Jews who didn't speak Aramaic. And it's a whole interesting thing, isn't that? Fascinating. Um, Did you want to add anything about that?
2: Uh, Not about... um, That's not my area. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh,
1: (laughs) oh. Karuna, I just want to thank you and Rabia in absentia. We'll continue next week uh, with this conversation. I mean, you know, I think there's some some buzzwords that we need to understand better, such as Sharia, which is now like an epithet. And... uh, uh, there's other other things that are coming to my, and that are coming to my mind that I think will help us be able to have conversations or together moving Ramadan, forward.
3: Ramadan, why is it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Existence. So have fun. Feel free. Uh, feel free to read more on your own and. Well,
2: one recommendation. Oh, quiet, please. One recommendation: Shh. if you're looking for a book, a basic book on Islam, and I, I apologize, I'm not. Uh, 100% sure this is still in print but it's called The Wisdom of Islam and it's by a man named Robert Frager I'll, I'll put it on the bibliography Right we're
1: going to have a sheet for you but
2: it's got first of all it's got great pictures, pictures. and it and it, it really talks about the experience of Islam um it's a it's a nice um it was written by someone who became a Sufi a, 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 a part of the Sufi lineage and and uh, it's a it's Thank really you. a If
1: great everyone could amazing. just hold on for 60 more seconds if you can, or even 30, shh. shh, thank you, thank you. So there's a book that'll go on the bibliography. What I want to say before you go, unless you must leave the room this minute, is I spoke at the beginning about our, our uh, American civic religion, which is coming up on Thanksgiving. So as Americans, if we take our civic religion to heart, it's a day to give thanks. So I will hope you all... Find a way to do that in a way that nurtures and sustains you. And we'll be doing this class uh, next week on the uh, um, 29th. So we'll see you all next week. And we, I continue to welcome, I got good questions by email from some people in the class. You can communicate with me anytime by email. Melinda, shh. I was
5: wondering if we could end with a chander of prayer. It oh, be lovely.
1: Um, do people have to go now? I have to go. Yeah, so in that case, next time.
2: Okay. Thank I you. I have to go, too. I'm driving to Virginia.